When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Full of frustration. Full of despair. From years of hurt, disappointment, and relegation. Two British football fans have had enough. Canary Bird Elliot Holman and Wanderer Henry Hewitt are in search of glory, pride, passion, in search of silverware. And they found Major League Soccer. Welcome to episode 101 of the MLS UK show. I'm Elliot Holman. And I'm Henry Hewitt. Uh, Lots to catch up on because there's been a little thing called the MLS Cup Final. There uh, has. Since our last episode. And since then as well, there's been loads of stuff happening in the league. And then we need to recap what happens in the actual league. And if that's not enough, talking about MLS Cup, a man from this country who had an incredible experience. He went viral. He even got mentioned on ESPN. On the commentary. Yeah, John Champion, friend of the show, uh, mentioned him. Uh, Barney from UK NYFC, uh, NYCFC, I should say, uh, is going to be on the show as well. So lots to cram in to our final show of the series. Yeah, uh, fine. Yeah, season four, done. Um, what's been your What's been your highlight of the year? It doesn't have to be podcast or MLS related. Um, I mean, I've got to say, I liked Taylor Schwalman being on the show and John Champion again. Listen back, episode 100. And, uh, well, it was technically episode 99, the one before that, but I think it was called series four, episode 16 or 15. Um, but yeah, that was a, po- a podcast highlight. And thanks for all the kind messages we've had about that. But in terms of the league, I think for me, even though it's not fully back to normal yet, I think it was just having a bit of that normality back uh, last year with um, stadiums without crowds and it was just so disjointed, um, you know, just having that back and then it ending in incredible playoffs. That was my highlight. Uh, greetings to uh, Poppy Hewitt, uh, Henry's wife. Um, I'd just like you to go back 30 seconds uh, and listen to the question I just asked you, which was, uh, what was your highlight of the year? Uh, it doesn't have to be podcast <laughs> or MLS related. Uh, you answered with uh, having Taylor Twelman on the show. <laughs> yeah. I, I was prepared to say, and it wasn't even my wedding, that your <laughs> wedding was one of the best days of the year. A, because I haven't really done anything. And B, I had a great time. I thought it was a really nice day. 
Uh, Henry, not so much. <laughs> well, I had lots to do. I had to say hi to everyone. You could just chill out and relax. Oh, I and... had to stand there and say, I do. Oh. <laughs> well, yeah, that was a nice moment, of course. Uh, <laughs> a nice moment. It was a lovely day. She'll be back. She does the kit reviews. She'll be back next year. Uh, first time as Mrs. Hewitt doing the kit reviews. But um, no, yeah, okay, okay. Getting married was... Uh, but, yeah, but you say close, it now. A close second was having Taylor Trauma on the show. <laughs> uh, what about, okay, what about you podcast related then? Podcast related. Um, or MLS related. Podcast related for me was finally, uh, after three years, moving the podcast into this studio. Yes. Um, yeah. Which I'm the lead. If you, like Henry knows this, but in case you didn't know this about me, I'm probably the last person on earth you would ask to do any DIY for you. So the fact that this room even remotely exists and is still standing nearly a year later... <laughs> is a miracle um uh, so yeah i reckon uh, i reckon moving into here getting our own uh, getting our own place yeah it's uh, yeah we, we shared the last one we had a bit of a, a sort of a house share going on with yeah. some radio shows what well, this is our own own crib and i like what you've done with the place um we just uh, i mean just to let everyone know we have already spoke to barney from uh, uk nycfc and on zoom um where we placed the computer you can actually see the whole room and he was like wow this is your setup and i'm like yeah basically this side of the camera looks fresh that side of the camera that you can't see is all of elliot's junk <laughs> it's basically uh, quite a versatile room because i work in here during the week uh i play a lot of playstation in here at the weekends so everything just moves around so like where we are gets moved and then like my office it sort of comes in and then uh, I've got my gaming chair over there. It just everything's on rotation. It's a busy room, you know? Gaming chair. You are. You put off this perception that you're this cool MLS guy who's on the radio, but secretly, and I know you, Elliot. There's a Formula One wheel and seat there. What a <laughs> massive geek, dark nerd. You really let's are. move on. Uh, <laughs> let's start, as we always do, with the game with the changing name. Uh, and this will put your uh, MLS knowledge to the test because it is, of course, a player that has played in the UK and in MLS uh, and a bit of a journeyman. Oh, OK. This player. Uh, so he started his career with Cardiff City in 1997. Any early guesses? No. 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 Not at all? None at all. Uh, okay, uh, he has played for, I'm going to have to omit some of these, I reckon. Okay. It's going to be too easy. Uh, he's played for West Bromwich Albion and Norwich City, among others. He returned to Cardiff uh, before moving to MLS. He played for Toronto FC and Chicago Fire and and Vancouver Whitecaps. So three MLS teams, Toronto, Chicago and Vancouver Whitecaps. Uh, let me just top up the MLS goals. A nine, ten, eleven, thirteen MLS goals. Thirteen, right? Okay. Any ideas at all? Um, so many names going through my head at the moment. Doesn't uh, have to be right. What are you? Yeah. What are you thinking? Because initially I thought like Kenny Miller, but I don't think he played for Norwich, did he? No, no, we've done him already. Um, and then I know we've done like you just then start to think of. British players that have been played for everyone. Tyrone uh, Mears. Yeah, it's a good guess. But not him, is it? No. No. So, yeah, that's where my mind's going. I will think 13 goals tells me that he wasn't an attacking player. Or he wasn't a good attacking player. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'll have a think. Definitely scored more in the UK, I think it's safe to say. Okay. If you know, get in touch. Speak to us in the comments on YouTube or tweet us at MLS UK Show. Um, tell us where you're up to in the podcast when you realise who it is 
and uh, we'll see at the very end whether I can figure out who it is. When we do the reveal at the end, I'll tell you his nationality and it might help you out. Quick word from the old sponsors? Yeah, why not? The MLS UK Show. So the entirety of this season of the MLS UK Show has been brought to you by Soccer90.com and that continues to be the case. They are the place to go for all of your MLS merch this close season. Yes, whatever you're buying, whether it be new gear, old gear, whether it's uh, international, MLS, UK stuff, whatever you get off Soccer90.com, remember, if you put MLS UK in the discount code at the checkout, you get 25% off, courtesy of ourselves. Yes, uh, and of course, myself and Henry want to say a big thank you to the guys at Soccer90.com for their support this year, uh, and we look forward to continuing our partnership for Season 5. MLS UK Show with Elliot Holman and Henry Hewitt. So in true MLS UK Show fashion, we're not going to do things like everyone else. We're going to do things back to front. So we're going to start with stuff that has happened since MLS Cup. Then we're going to speak to Barney from UK NYCFC about MLS Cup. And then we're going to talk about the regular season. Okay. So since MLS Cup... Um, a load of stuff has happened to be fair it's only been a week but of course the trade's starting yeah. now uh, one of the big things in uh, the postseason, as it is is that Charlotte uh, here they've already had their uh, their expansion draft that crept up on me I had no idea it was happening MLS don't like to have a little bit of a break other leagues like to have the last game of the season then have that break afterwards and then kind of like in the Premier League it ends in May and then June maybe July 1st that's when Stuff really starts going. Not MLS, it's straight away. So they've already had the expansion draft. Uh, Anton Walks, uh, Irene uh, Gaines, uh, Joseph Mora are staying with Charlotte. Uh, they also got Tristan Blackman and Ishmael Trezori, Shradi, but they've been traded out. So uh, those players stay. Anton Walks, let's concentrate on him, MLS UK player. Yeah. Um, good signing for Charlotte? Yeah, definitely. Um, as we know, try and, you try and get as much experience as you can. You don't want to be signing old players um, because they're of no use to you in a couple of years. So you've got to make a, a smart choice. Anton Walks definitely falls into that category. Um, bit of experience with your boys as well. Yeah, it's had to see him leave, actually. And uh, it, one that interested me was Harrison Affle going to Charlotte as well. He's a free mm. agent. Um, been at Columbus for a long time. Uh, I know he's very emotional about leaving. Um, but that again, that is that falls under that category of experience, and that's what we like to see in a in a team that's building a new roster. Yeah, Yori Reyna also signed for them. Uh, that uh, experience again. Um, so Tristan Blackman has gone to Vancouver from LAFC with a very short stop off in Charlotte. In fact, I don't think he even managed <laughs> to get there. Um, Do they appear on his Wikipedia now? <laughs> <laughs> Goals none. Yeah, goals none, appearances none, time spent there, none. No. We're going to talk more about the, the teams from last season, you know, a bit later on. But LAFC losing like Blackman, he's, he's been there a while, he's got that experience. Do you think it'll be a miss there and, and how much of a benefit will this be to Vancouver? Well, even six months ago, did we think that a move to Vancouver from LAFC could potentially be a good one? Mm. Probably not. No. Um, but the stocks of both teams going in opposite directions, in in my personal opinion, um, and I, I think it's a good move for him. I think if you're gonna if you're gonna start somewhere fresh, go somewhere that is trying to you know start over, do something new, uh, you know, new coach in charge, new ideas, um, and it's a team that they need it. Cesare Shradi then going to LAFC, so they have got some MLS experience. I mean, we if you listen back to Series 1, we loved Cesare yeah, Shradi. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that love has still been there. Do you think 
maybe his time at NYC FC was coming to an end. He weren't starting as many matches. Uh, this could be a just a a bit of uh, a bit of something new, a bit of freshness for him. Yeah, absolutely. Like you say, not starting games. He deserves that for what he can bring to a team. Uh, I think a couple of years ago, there's no way he gets in that LAFC side. Not not because he's not a good player, but because they were stacked with options mm. in attack. Um, but no, I, I like the trade for all parties. I think it's good. Other players that have moved, uh, interesting moves. Uh, Teal Bunbury's gone to Nashville. Mm. I think this could be a really good signing for Nashville. I agree. Again, it's experience, isn't it? Mm. It's the experience. Maybe uh, you know, time was up. Been um, you know, been at his old club a long time, and it's potentially again just time for that fresh, fresh move, fresh start. He's probably going to start most games. Yeah. Um, in a side that we already we already know and and love, we've got a lot of respect for Nashville and and what they achieved this season. He makes them stronger. I th- I like the trade. Yeah. Um. And thinking and uh, new England Revolution, they're kind of stacked at that at the top end of a you know yeah. they've got some really good players, including MVP up there. Um, Lewis Morgan going to Red Bulls. He's the latest UK player to go to Red Bulls. They, they love, they love a, it, don't they? They love a UK player at Red Bulls. I mean, he showed glimpses uh, at Inter Miami that he can become a top top player. I know he's gone for a lot of money, but this could be if Red Bulls are looking to build on the end of last season. This could be a player who could really grab things by the neck and take them forward. I'll be honest. Uh, I raised an eyebrow mm-hmm. because Inter Miami. Let's be fair, not been great. Red Bull's been even worse. Red Bull's need more than Lewis Morgan this e- this close season. They need a big, big turnover. Um, I don't know if I don't know if he necessarily makes them a better side. I think they need they need a lot more around the rest of the roster on the field to for him to benefit from it. Yeah. I think just having him there, the same way that you know, into Miami, um, you know, brought in big big names in attack but unless you're going to feed them the ball in the right areas it's not going to work out so uh, for me there's more work to do for for Red Bulls um, compared to the likes of Nashville who get a Bunbury put him in the side and they're automatically uh, even stronger yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I think maybe if, if Lewis Morgan was older, then you would questions would be raised. But yeah. I think with youth on his side, he's only going to get better. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and maybe out of the... I know Red Bulls are a big franchise. I'm not saying that they're not. But out of the limelight of into Miami and mm. the pressure that's on them at the moment, maybe this will help him grow in that way. I don't know that the Miami spotlight ever goes away. I don't think it will. Not while Beckham's there, no. anyway. No. Uh, Legette, this was the, probably the biggest trade of the close yeah. season so far. He's left uh, LA Galaxy to go and uh, he says he wants to win at New England Revolution. I'm sure that quote has been taken out of context. People saying, well, you don't think he'll win at LA Galaxy. I'm yeah, sure he's yeah. saying that's his aim at New England Revolution. But he did raise a few smiles on people's faces when he said that. Um, this is a, a big trade, isn't it? And he's, uh, it's exciting to see how he's going to do. It is exciting. You've got to fit him in the team. Yeah, that's true. You've got to get him in that system. Because uh... he's not an out-and-out striker. You look no. at Bunbury's an out-and-out striker. Yeah. If it was a replacement for that, you'd think, right, I get that. But he's... Now along that next line of players who are pretty good. Yeah, you you could have the uh, MLS MVP in Kyle's heel playing alongside Sebastian Legette. Yeah, and that is exciting. But you sacrifice something defensively there. So can they can they make that work? If anyone can do it, it's Bruce Arena. That's true. Um, now coming out of Atlanta, this one uh, it got me in the feels. I'm not gonna lie, Escobar leaving LAFC emotional time uh for you 
he tends to only be good in the playoffs. So has he been as instrumental this season as maybe in past years? I've not watched enough of Atlanta in the last 12 months. Mm, no, I, I'm, well, you could argue that a lot of the players for Atlanta have, who have been there a few years have not been as, um, you know, has not been as important as they was a few years ago. But uh, again, it's the same with a lot of MLS players. Maybe they need that change. LAFC definitely needs someone at the back who's got MLS experience. So this is perfect, in my opinion, for them. We'll see what Atlanta do. Atlanta always seems to have something up the sleeve. Whether it works or not, we'll wait and see. But <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, it'll be a, as an Atlanta fan seeing him play for LAFC. I think oh, I'm not looking forward to that moment. But we'll see who they replace him with. I think it's a good trade for for LA. It is definitely. Um, now speaking of LA and moving now to head coaches because this is the merry-go-round as we call it in this country of uh, coaches in MLS has been turning frantically over the last few weeks. Uh, so Bob Bradley's gone from LAFC. Yes. He's now at Toronto. Yes. In my personal opinion, it's 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 good for all parties. LAFC probably needed that change. Bob Bradley, I don't think needed to be out of for, and he was never going to be out of soccer for long. Let's face no. it, with experience. Toronto FC though didn't work out last year post Greg Vanny. They've now gone back to MLS experience. Could this see them push the playoffs this time? The roster needs work. Well, they've been linked with um, what's he called Insignia from Napoli. Yeah, so that could work. That could help. And that's big. That's big. But they need more. Yeah, they need a lot more than that. He will help them in that because I understand he's going to have a, a more overbearing role in uh, in the trades and in the moves that are made. Uh, he's the right person to have in that. You know, he's going to be the brains behind the trades and then know how he's going to deploy those players on the field. So I like the idea of it. I want to see that roster get a lot stronger before we start talking about them even making the playoffs. Uh, so elsewhere in the managerial merry-go-round, Enza Hendrickson uh, is in at Chicago. He was recent assistant at Columbus. Pat Noonan is in at Cincinnati. Cincinnati yeah. uh, Nico Estevez, who was the U.S. men's national team assistant, he's now at Dallas. Houston are still pending. Um, Pablo Mastrioni is uh, still in at RSL. I mean, I kind of joked on our social media when that got announced as if they were going yeah, to choose Yeah, that had to be done. That move had to be made. And finally, Vanni uh, Sartini stays on at Vancouver as well. And another one where I think he did enough last season. Absolutely, to get yeah. And it's like we touched on, uh, you know, with, with Vancouver's trade there. It's an opportunity for them to start again from a really good position. Um, instead of doing it in the middle of the season now, it really is a, a fresh, fresh sheet of paper for them. And finally, uh, we've seen the Champions League draw go on. Now, regular listeners and viewers of his podcast will know that whenever it comes to, especially me trying to pronounce names of some of these teams. Oh, it's there, always good. It's always good, but it's always wrong. So I'm not going to say who's playing who. What I will ask <laughs> you, though, is are we finally going to see it this year? Are we finally going to see an MLS winner? Or does, does the whole schedule need to change? Because let's face it, it's against MLS teams the way it's set up. Yeah, I, I've not seen anything that's made me think, oh, well, this is the year. I'll be honest with you. NYCFC, maybe? I think we need a break in the season for the mm -hmm. teams to go and compete, uh, or they need to postpone the start of the season either, either way. Uh, and yeah, like you say, MLS teams taking on MLS teams all the time. So you, you're halving your chances every time you draw an MLS team. I don't know. I, I but think... the Champions League don't care. But no, it's they like, don't. It, you know, if Man City draw Liverpool in the Champions League, everyone loves it. Yeah. They don't think, oh, but the Premier League. So we can't really say anything. Personally, I think MLS won't do anything in that until 
they move it. They'd have to move it to August, for yeah. example, when the seasons. But then you're hindering the Mexican team, so you, there needs to be a happy medium. MLS don't have the pull yet. No, they don't. So uh, fingers crossed. Every year we would love to see an MLS team win it, but we'll have to wait and see. The MLS UK Show. So you would have seen on social media that friend of the show, Andrew Barnard, better known as UK NYCFC, has had a bit of a trip and he had a wonderful experience at MLS Cup. And I'm delighted to say he's joining us now on the podcast. Uh, Barney, have you settled down yet? How's life back in England? Uh, it's safe to say it's uh, not quite as exciting as uh, a 25-hour travel day followed by 36 hours of MLS chaos. Uh, so yeah, um, regretting that I live in England, would rather be in New York constantly right now to have enjoyed all the after parties and whatnot. But uh, yeah, very, very good. Got a good buzz that I think I'm going to have for a long time. I am extremely jealous on so many counts. Um, I'm the only person here whose team's not won uh, MLS Cup <laughs> for a start. Uh, but even forgetting that, Portland is surprisingly to some, Portland's actually top of my list of places to visit. Um, and some of the, this is the least Elliot Holman thing to say ever, but the national parks, like absolutely beautiful. Like there's beaches, you know, the, the other side, you can see Canada, like it's absolutely stunning. I, I can't wait to go one day. Providence park looks amazing. And not only did you just go and watch a game, it was MLS Cup and your team won. I mean, I'm so jealous and you got out of this country, which is <laughs> impressive on its own. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I was listening to your uh, playoff preview podcast a few weeks ago and heard you say that, and it, it's similar. It was it was one of the top of my on my list as well of away days that I wanted to do with uh, with the pigeons, um, and yeah, it, it lived up to expectation. Um, sad about the parks though; I only saw them from the plane flying in. Uh, but uh, maybe one day in the future. <laughs> Um, so let's start at the beginning then, because uh, for those who don't know, and this is the impression I got from looking on social media, is that as soon as New York City FC beat Philadelphia to get to MLS Cup, it was straight away, all systems go, I need to get there. Uh, you set up the GoFundMe page. Was was that a spur of the moment thing, or did you think in the back of your head before the game, oh, I could quite fancy going to Portland <laughs> to watch them? I think I think deep down, um, GoFunding or not, I was going um like, exactly as you said yeah the moment I mean even from the Revs game the Revs game I was like oh do you know what I quite Gillette Stadium's up there as well I thought I'd quite, quite like to go there home of the Patriots etc um and then I thought you know what I'll, I'll wait and see then we get to the Eastern Conference final okay we've got Philly and they're depleted this is an opportunity here let's not go to Philly either because I think we're getting to MLS Cup here we get to MLS Cup yeah 100% I'm going um and yeah did the GoFundMe which was kind of I, I got inspiration from um, James at DC UK. I saw he'd set up a little kind of um, one of those buy me a coffee things. And I thought, you know what? I, you just never know. Someone might ping me t 10, 20 quid. Every little helps when you're probably spending nearly, near enough a thousand pounds to get to MLS Cup. Um, and the outreach from the fans was unreal. Uh, got probably over 250 quid in the end, two free hotel rooms. Even the club ended up getting hold of me to, to kind of say thank you and, and meeting up with the CEO in Portland to uh, be given a, th a personal thank you. Is it that's a dream? It's a dream. What you've just described is a dream come true. When you support teams in the UK, whether it's Premier League or not, I don't care if it's the lower the lower leagues. You're not getting these opportunities to to meet these people at, at clubs. Um, you know, to meet 
players, uh, fellow fans, I, I doubt of <laughs> funding trips for Ports- Portsmouth fans to go to the other <laughs> side of the country. Um, I, I, I really, really just think this league, we've all stumbled on something so special with this league and, and the people, um, everything you just described, people, you know, putting 10, 20, 30 quid in, free hotel rooms, etc. Um, I know for a fact that uh, people have offered to do the same for, for myself and Henry. Um, the Orlando fans are lovely, but uh, they know their money's safe. They're never going to have to pay for me to go to MLS Cup. <laughs> but uh, Henry's a different story, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, I, I really do think it's it's just such a special community, isn't it? Yeah, big time. I've, I've, I feel lucky to be an MLS fan in general, but an NYCFC fan especially, I feel... Um, I've seen some other other fans of uh, some fans of other clubs rather reach out and say this is amazing. You know, well done for what you're doing. Um, so many Portland fans, even there, because I had my England flag draped around me on the march to the match, and Portland fans walking past giving NYCFC fans fist bumps. I think they appreciated the fact that NYC fans had still flown the best part of a couple of thousand miles, let alone the fact that I've flown whatever how many thousand it is. Um, so, yeah, a very, very special community to be a part of. I feel very lucky. Uh, well, as we, uh, for those who can see, we can see that your background uh, is uh, Ronnie Dyler uh, doing his press-ups <laughs> in front of MLS Cup. We'll get to that in a moment. An Iconic. Actual, Iconic moment. <laughs> we'll get to it in a moment where you actually won MLS Cup. But talk us through the day itself then, uh, leading up to actually getting to the match. Because I know the weather weren't great, but we were seeing videos outside hotels and stuff within Portland. Uh, you said there NYSC, uh, CFC brought a lot of fans. Tell us about how you got to meet with them um, and just the whole day as an experience. Yeah, so, I mean, local time, the kickoff was midday. Um, so a relatively early kickoff um, that, you know, if you're a British football fan, you're probably kind of used to if your team ever gets picked for Sky TV, that, you know, you might be a Bournemouth fan. I've got to get to Middlesbrough for a 12.30 kickoff like Saturday just gone. Um, so I'm used to it. But a lot of the fans out there, you could see them at weary eyed at 7am meeting up for the... Uh, third rail breakfast third rails the official supporters club so yeah that was the first order of the morning was there was a huge uh conference room full of third rail members probably maybe 500 plus in in this meeting room alone where there was free food free drinks a few people on the beers already um all completely funded by the third rail i, I don't doubt by the club a little bit as well i'd had the club reach out to me the day before saying that they'd heard my story and that Brad Sims, the CEO, wanted to say hi. So um, I arranged for that to be about 8, 8.30. So I got an Uber down to their hotel, to the club's, um, the club's staff hotel, sadly not the club players hotel. Um, and yeah, uh, met up with Brad there where they, the club have filmed that for, I'm sure, some sort of future video. Uh, he gave me a couple of jackets as a means of to keep warm and dry in the uh, torrential rain of Portland. And then it was back to the third row hotel for about nine o'clock where we were then going to do the march to the match. So um, I th- I'm sure I've seen um, Taylor, Orlando City UK, do some march to the matches with Orlando. And I've always wanted to do something like that, but never managed to do that. Um, what an experience. Uh, police escorted through downtown Portland. Um, about a 20, 25 minute walk from the third row hotel up to Providence Park. So we were at the ground by 10 a.m. and kickoff's not till midday. So you can imagine there was a few beers and pretzels consumed in those couple of hours. Um, and then, of course, the game, which just atmosphere-wise for Portland, yeah, credit to them. They absolutely didn't stop the entire way through. 
even when it came down to Alex Callan's penalty at the end, they're still going PTFC the whole way through. Um, I feel I feel very lucky to have been to the ground in itself, let alone for the fact that it was MLS Cup. Um, after the game, there was a couple of hours gap before the club then put on an after party where every single fan uh, was invited back to this club staff hotel. They'd rented out the ballroom of the Hilton downtown um, and had food, alcohol. Some of the players popped in, the trophy popped in for a wee bit. As There's a picture of me holding the trophy in the uh, lobby of the hotel. I was just in the right place at the right time to kind of snatch it as, as it came in. Um, but yeah, so I mean, you had you had people like Maxi Morales on fans' shoulders and everyone doing the ole, ole, ole in New York, New York. And um, that went on for hours and hours and hours. But uh, by this point, my kind of long day and the 25-hour travel day from the day before was catching up with me. So I think I turned in about 10, half 10, ready for my next 20-plus-hour travel day the next day back home. Uh, well, it sounds like an incredible day. I don't mean to bring things down, but one of the downsides of the day was no doubt the 93rd minute of the match. Oh, yeah. Uh, you mentioned the Portland fans there. I mean, obviously, at the time, it would have been you would have been gutted. But look, reflecting on that, I mean, that is one of the... the it will go down as one of the all-time amazing MLS Cup final moments. Could you sense that at the time or was you just in your own world, just devastated? I think um, my gut feeling at that point was that's it. We, we, we're going to lose now. You don't concede a last minute goal going and then to get pushed to extra time and win, do you? You know, how often does that happen that teams snatch a break at the end and then that gives them the momentum going into extra time? First few minutes of extra time was shaky took a few minutes for the team to get organised, but credit to them. Um, they, they really managed to still get some offence in. Um, they didn't look completely deflated. You could see the, the natural leaders on the pitch, Callens, Cheneau, Sean Johnson, you know, constantly pepping up the team. Um, and then I think knowing that we could, if we could get to the penalty shootout, I think based on, I'll, I'll go with Sean Johnson's <laughs> better level of performance than the other keepers lower performance but uh, I think knowing that we we had Sean Johnson on our side I think we all felt you know what penalties is probably the best chance we've got here so yeah for it to get to penalties was unreal but when when that Portland goal went in I must say I've never felt a shake at a ground like that that was phenomenal I think the closest thing I've experienced to that was Pompey Sunderland at Wembley a couple of years ago Sunderland did the same thing to Pompey they equalised quite late in the game and 45,000 people in Wembley was the equivalent of 20, 25,000 people in Portland. Uh, a phenomenal that noise. I fell to the floor and crunched on my knees kind of in uh, disappointment. But uh, yeah, again, all part of the atmosphere, all part of the big game. You think, you know what, if it's happened, it's happened. But uh, yeah, we turned it around. The, this whole conversation, even I'm not a New York City fan, but this whole conversation, I've just been listening to you talk about what is going to be one of the greatest experiences uh, of your life. It's just made me so happy. I, the whole time I've just been smiling, like nodding along, like, you know, trying to put myself in that position. Obviously, as an Orlando fan, never going to happen, unfortunately. Um, but uh, genuinely, I just think you've just had such a, what an incredible couple of days you had. So many people, you know, made that really special. And I know that there's supporters groups at, at every single club that welcome UK fans um, and would do exactly the same thing as happened to you. And I just think that it, it really, really is such a, a lovely story to hear about. So, so thank you for sharing it. No, thanks for having me on again. And again, I can't thank enough for any of the NYCFC fans that watch this. 
Um, people like Coach Joe, I'll name drop a couple. Coach Joe was fantastic. He made a donation and put me up on the Friday night in his hotel room. Uh, another fan called Gio put me up on the Saturday night um, so that I could have his hotel room that he wasn't actually ended up needing himself because he ended up getting a flight out of Portland at midnight. So that kind of generosity. Um, and I, I felt like a celebrity for the day. I had I, w- I genuinely wouldn't be over-exaggerating by saying if 200 people said hello to me, as oh my God, it's the British guy. Oh my God, it's UK NYCFC. You know, people wanting pictures, fist bumping all day, hugs a lot, you know. Um, thank God America wears masks a lot better than British people does because otherwise I'd have been coming back with COVID, I reckon. But uh, it's, um, yeah, just fantastic experience. And exactly as you said, um, it will live with me for the rest of my life. MLS UK show with Elliot Holman and Henry Hewitt. Thank you very, very much to UK NYCFC for joining us to talk about the incredible MLS Cup. Uh, we've also talked about everything that's happened since then. Uh, so let's journey back in time. It feels like years ago uh, to the regular season. Remember that? Yeah. So God, that was that was that decision day. Does seem like years ago, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. Um, so. We've already discussed Decision Day, Decision Day recap. Listen back to it on your free podcast provider and on YouTube. Um, New York City FC then have uh, have won it. They're the champions. Right winners for you? I think that's up for debate, I'll be honest. Out of the two teams or overall? overall well, both overall and out of the two teams. Uh, I think Portland were unlucky yeah. because that comeback, the the equaliser in the last minute, as we've talked about, was, was an incredible moment. Um I think it's a shame a shame not to then to go on and win it. In terms of MLS Cup, as I said on the last episode, the league's been set up so that somebody can be mid-table, not even in the playoffs in July, and then storm through and go and win it. So did the right team win? Well, yeah, because that's the, them's the rules. Mm. Um, do I think New England Revolution were robbed a little bit? Yeah, but this is the thing, you have to perform. Nobody really remembers the Shield winners. You kind of remember good teams more. Yeah, like you, you. Will I remember, remember the Atlanta New York Red Bulls battle yeah. from years ago. Uh, LAFC the season afterwards. You yeah, remember that team. Yeah, but I remember Atlanta winning MLS Cup. Yeah. You know, it, and and we've seen Seattle and Columbus. So I, I think that's the way the league set up. It's all about MLS Cup, and it is win or go home. And so. You know, New York City won won all their games, and they're the MLS Cup champions. There's no there's no argument about that. New England Revolution had so many instances throughout the season where they came through in the last minute and got valuable points, which gave them such a huge lead in the standings, but ultimately couldn't do it when it mattered. No, um, I think yeah, you're right. I think based on uh, regular season, there's probably not even New England, but a, a four or five other teams that would would argue that they have a better um, a better chance of winning it. But it is the is through the playoffs, and it is who does well yeah. better in the playoffs. And New York City have beaten Atlanta at home, and then gone to New England, Philadelphia. Okay, there was stuff in that game, and with COVID and stuff, that meant it was maybe slightly easier than what it would have been. And then to go to Portland. I mean, if you had in the regular season uh, a fixture list that read Atlanta away, New England away, Philadelphia away, and then Portland away, and you came out with winning two games on penalties, you would have got eight points. You'd be delighted with that. So New York City, to do that, I think, yes, they do deserve to win MLS Cup, but just based on the playoffs, and that's what we're here for. Yeah, I mean, New England Revolution averaged over um, half a point per game more 
than NYCFC throughout the season. Uh, you mentioned the Philadelphia COVID situation. In fairness to New York, they only finished, I think, three points behind Philly. So it's not a huge gap between no. between the teams. It's not like they went there as complete underdogs. Um, but yeah, it's the way the league's set up. So we have to congratulate uh, NYCFC on winning every single game. Yeah, that's true. So if you look at the, the teams just behind then, you look at the likes of uh, Colorado, Seattle, Sporting KC, yeah. Portland, uh, and then obviously Revs, Philadelphia, Nashville. Which of those teams for you will look at uh, the season on the whole and go, it was, an, it was a great season? And which teams, even though they've finished towards the top of their conferences, will look and go, that's a disappointment. That's a, a bad season for us. I think Portland, Kansas and Seattle will all be bitter that they didn't win that uh, we, we top their conference. Colorado coming through at the end. Uh, yes, the other sides were were unlucky, um, but ultimately Colorado got the most points. Yeah. So it's it's a points tally at the end of the day. They'll be looking to build on that, and I really hope they do because it's been a really nice story to see them see them come through like that. Teams like Seattle, they're used to success. Second in the West, great achievement. Are they happy with it? Absolutely not. Are they happy with being eliminated in the playoffs too early? Absolutely not. It's not good enough. This is the thing. They've set their standards so high. And this is why LA Galaxy fans can't wait till they're winning again because, mm. you know, they were first to five and now never really getting things going. So um, I think definitely uh, the likes of Seattle, Kansas, Portland, they'll be disappointed. Do you know what's interesting there is that You've looked to then at the West and gone, there's three teams will be disappointed. Mm. You've not really mentioned Philadelphia and Nashville being disappointed. Is that because New England was so good? I think New England, New England set their stall out pretty early as the best team in the East. Um, that, that title was definitely up for grabs in the West. It was moving, you know, it was SKC, then it was Seattle, then it was uh, Portland coming from deep. Mm. Uh, and so I, I think Colorado did a really good job at the end to, to sneak that. It was always going to be a battle for second and third in uh, in the East, and you just want that home tie. You don't you don't really care. Let's be honest. You don't you don't care whether you finish second or third. You just want the home tie. Um, Nashville will be the most pleased. I think they had a great season. Um, you've mentioned Seattle SKC. Um, we can't mention them without mentioning RSL. They got in at the last on decision day and then have gone to both those sides and knocked them out before being knocked out to Portland. Um, they, are they the, 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 the... Okay, New York City FC are the heroes of the playoffs. Are they the second heroes? Are they the underdogs? Absolutely, because this is what we love to see. This is why, which is why we watch the playoffs. If we thought... You know, I sat down at the uh, at the weekend and I watched Man City play Newcastle. There was no danger, and I would say the same about Norwich. There was no danger that Newcastle were ever going to score a goal, were ever going to get you know on top possession wise. Or in MLS, the beauty is RSL can sneak in on the last day and they can eliminate those bigger teams. Yeah, and that's why we love it. Um, looking at RSL then going forward, how do they build? on this no. don't change anything don't change anything the i love their attitude of we're here to spoil the party and soon that attitude if you continue to play at that level that attitude becomes we are the party yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so you know we've seen that with uh with the likes of colorado and the way that they've developed over the last few years um and I, I honestly i hope that i hope that they don't ch obviously that that la that late run into the playoffs is what they need to take into next season 
So I'm hoping that we see more of the same from them. And let's be honest, there was a little swagger as well, speaking of a particular goalkeeper, um, in, in what they were doing and what they were achieving. So let's entertainment-wise, let's have more of that. Yeah, I was going to say, Ochoa, if you're going to bring, bring, have someone bring the party, then it's definitely <laughs> him, and he will crash every other party on his way. <laughs> um, yeah, for me, RSL, uh, I would agree with you. Don't change anything you haven't done with a head coach. I think maybe maybe they need another high-profile player. I don't, for one minute, think RSL are going to go out and get a big name from Europe. I agree with what you're saying. But maybe, if you look at Cassianos, for example, at New York City FC, someone who, especially in this country, we wouldn't have heard of. He's come from South America. Maybe go to South America, get that that, that up-and-coming player, come back to Europe, get another player like Rusnak, just have that extra player in the team that can push them forward. For me, if you don't do that, they'll be stuck around 7th, 6th, 5th in the league. Uh, I think they'll make if they carried on the way they're going, they'll definitely make the playoffs next year. But if they have aspirations going a bit further, I just think they need that little bit more of the puzzle just to put in there. There's nothing stopping them taking an MLS player as well. You know, there's plenty of attacking players in MLS that could transform that team into, into a side that definitely makes that top four. Uh, you know, you look at the difference Chicharito made to LA Galaxy when he was fit. Um, somebody like Martinez makes a massive difference to Atlanta, probably more so than any player in MLS history has made a difference to a team. They just need somebody like that and they're not far off it. Um, So moving back to the East then and looking at the teams that just really snuck into the playoffs. Of course, we had uh, Red Bulls New York who have uh, already signed Lewis Morgan. So that's the direction they're going in. They'll stick with Struber. They had a great end to the season. So they'll be hoping to continue that into next year. You've then got uh, Orlando and Atlanta. Now, a few episodes ago, you said to us that you had a lot to say about Orlando's season. You didn't want to say it at the time because it was just going into the playoffs. And of course, you didn't want to disrupt things. And we're just going into Christmas, so now I'm going to bring the mood. No, this is the time. You promised that you would do it before the end of the season. This is our last episode. Elliot Holman, the floor is yours. What have you got to say about Orlando's season? Well, I'm glad, first of all, I didn't do it then because I've calmed down a bit now. Okay. Uh, I haven't rehearsed this in any way, shape or form. I'd actually forgotten I'd said anything. Um, But for me, finishing level on points with Atlanta and just scraping into the playoffs with that roster is not good enough. Now, that comes down to there there wasn't as much travel this year. Eastern sides, we only played SKC in the West, as far as I'm aware. And now Nashville. Hmm. Um, for me, there was not an ex- there was not enough excuse versus a normal season for Orlando to not pick up at least 10, 15 more points. Because I think that roster was genuinely the best that they've ever had. And I think there's no way they should have been without a home tie in the playoffs. And I think it comes down to team selection. This is a coach that I like, by the way. I'm happy but I don't think they got the best out of that side. So if you look at Orlando, like you said, sixth, uh, level on points of Atlanta, New York City FC, three points ahead of New York Red Bulls. Each one of those other sides had poor uh, parts of a the season. They went weeks without winning. Yeah. Orlando have finished on the same points as them. And I think you've got a very good point with the roster because when you look at Nani, DK, you know, these, these big, uh, there's plenty of others as well, but big players like that in particular, who are big names now, not only in uh, MLS, but also in Europe. 
yeah, I, I understand how you're disappointed because I would be. I, I was surprised Atlanta, I know it's the same points, but I was really surprised that Atlanta managed to finish above you. I'm aware there's good goalkeepers in MLS. Sean Johnson's proved his proved his worth. Um, there's plenty. Could name you five or six. But one of them, I can absolutely guarantee you, is Halese of Orlando City is one of the greatest goalkeepers in MLS. The two centre-backs in front of him, Jansen, Antonio Carlos. That's one of the best centre-back partnerships you'll see. Who am, when fit, one of the best at going attacking wing backs you'll see. There's been a weakness on the in the left back slot, which needs fixing urgently. Midfield, very strong. They've got Pereira playing behind DK, who they've just signed again, so they obviously believe in. And you've got Daryl DK, who's been banging in goals in England in the championship and is going to leave for a lot of money mm. before another ball is kicked. That roster should have finished second. So I didn't ask you this in the the sort of uh, post-season recap, but since the end of the season, Nani is is, is left. Don't. I can't. Um, My man. Obviously, that's hurt you and the other Purple Army. Um, What do you do to replace him? Do you bring in another DP like that or do you go with a different route? How would, where do Orlando need to improve? There's going to be a lot of change. Mueller's gone. Uh, Mueller's over here with us in the UK now, playing yeah. in Scotland. Um, and yeah, we look forward to chatting him when it, to chatting to him when his season's over. Um, DK's going to move. They're going to get a lot of money for Daryl DK. That's that's mm. evident. You don't let him go for 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 silly, you know, uh, for for a small amount of money. Nanny's gone. That frees up a spot as well. There's a lot of opportunity for Orlando to really, really a spend and b use their slots wisely. So I hope that we do continue to have a really strong attack because I think at times it has been weak when DK was out and you've got somebody like Tesho Akindeli who they have decided to keep. Personally, I wouldn't have done so. I know that's controversial. I don't believe he's a a huge, huge goal scorer. Um, I want to see an out-and-out striker of Castellanos level because that's the money they're going to have to spend. And a replacement for Nani has to be a replacement for Nanny, somebody who can terrorise defenders mm. on the wing and put a decent ball in the box. How much are you going to miss Nanny's um, sort of captaincy? Do you know what it's I the mean? The winning mentality. The winning mentality, that's what I mean. Yeah. I understand why, as an Atlanta fan or any other MLS, DC United fans got really annoyed by oh, Nanny. He was so annoying. He's, he's a winner. And I, when he was at Man United, I will openly admit, Lewis Nanny... I couldn't stand you, mate, because you're a winner and you'll do anything to win. And that is why when you play for my team, I love you to bits. And that is that is what's been missing from Orlando for the first five seasons. Nani brought that. Kaká, what a footballer, a legend, a, a, an actual footballing legend. But Nani's got that bit between his teeth. Kaká's just too, he's just a really nice bloke, isn't he? Let's be honest. <laughs> Nani brought a winning mentality that has rubbed off on the likes of Antonio Carlos, Junior Urso, Robin Jansen, who will die before the ball gets anywhere near the goal. He put his life on the line. And I want somebody like Nani to come in and do a similar thing. He needs almost a like-for-like replacement. But um, the ball's in their court. There's a lot of lot of moving parts this close season. Again. Do you know what's funny is uh, you're talking about Orlando there and it's uh, a very frustrating season. When I think about Atlanta's season, especially, I know Atlanta's season can be split into two, sort of mm. uh, Heinzer and then Pineda. I like the direction Atlanta are going. Do I think they'll win MLS Cup next year? No, I don't. No. 
I don't think they'll be near it. I think they'll make the playoffs, but I don't think they'll be near it. But I like the direction they'll be they're going in. And for me, it's an exciting time coming out of. Uh, let's face it, for for Atlanta, it is the, been the doldrums the last few years. But coming out of that, you've got a manager, a head coach who I believe in. The football is a lot better. And I'm actually looking forward to next season to see how they do. I think that the home form is going to be important. It always has been at the Benz. And, uh, like, it, you know, I don't want to go back to the MLS Cup winning side. But when you go back to that, they were already 1-0 up at home because it was they were going to win the game. So uh, that's important for Atlanta next year. Get the home form, get winning at home, get the fans on board. And then you, you try and pick up games, you know, wins away. Can but, I just pick up on what you've said there? I think it's a really interesting point. And this is something that I'm still coming to terms with, uh, with the US side of um, football, soccer, is you, what you've just said there is, I like the direction we're going in. We won't win MLS Cup next year. Mm. And you're okay with that because you're moving in the right direction. Yeah. You understand maybe in MLS more than any other league in the world that you do win MLS Cup and then drop away. That's what happens. People come in and rob your players and trades are made and contracts expire and you end up with a much weaker team. Let's be honest, your roster yeah, yeah. was really poor the last couple of years versus that MLS Cup winning team. You understand that. What I'm seeing in uh, in the States is, well, if we're not going to win, I'm not, go- I'm not going, I'm not turning up. That's difficult for me to get my head around. You know, other sports over there are, are not, are, are much bigger. Um, whereas here, soccer dominates. Yeah. So really interesting that you've just taken that approach and I'd like to hear from Atlanta fans how they feel about next season. If you're not going to win MLS Cup, do you agree with Henry? I like the direction we're going in, but we're not going to win it. Well, I mean, maybe as a Bolton Wanderers fan, I'm used to having... Well, quite, this is yeah. the th- and I agree. And it's the same yeah. with Orlando. It's still our best season. Yeah, true. <laughs> but what I'm looking at with Orlando is that roster, when you think four more points would have finished a second... We'd have got a home tie. You could go and win MLS Cup with that roster, mm. and I don't even think that sounds stupid now. No. I think you, I think you could easily have gone and won MLS Cup with that roster, and I think finishing sixth is actually just really poor. Yeah, no, and and that says what your what you've just said is that um, you know that Orlando, you've slated them for the season. They've got the same points as Atlanta. Yeah, I'm saying okay, yeah, the start weren't mm. great, but since then it's been good. Uh, and I agree with you, given all that roster again for Orlando, which I know they've not got, but say they did, you would be looking at pushing MLS Cup. Could you go and get a New England season? I don't think you could. But as New York City have shown, you don't need a New England no. re- Revolution season to win MLS Cup. Uh, so we'll see next year when we come back for our first full episode in February or whenever it is of the new season we'll see how we're both feeling then because as we know with trades and and lack of players coming in we could both be thinking different this is the thing we've seen how the cycles work and this is my worry we're not always going to have a good team Mm. so is it an opportunity missed yeah Uh, just ask Red Bulls fans on a few occasions (laughs) about that Uh, right let's have a look at the the, some of the teams that didn't make playoffs then um, just as we head towards the end of this episode and this series. Um, let's have a look in the, the West. I mean, naturally, you're going to look at the LA sides. We touched on LAFC before and the changes they've got. LA Galaxy. Um, here's what I think about LA Galaxy. If Chicharito played a few more matches, he would have scored a few more goals because yeah. he, he, he proved that in the matches he did play. If LA Galaxy score a few more goals, they get in the playoffs. They could get a home tie. They could get a home tie and then you never know. So for me... Comparing this LA Galaxy, um, how can I put it, this nightmare compared to other Decision Day nightmares they've had, I think this isn't as bad 
this one. I know, I agree. And also, I'll tell you why. Because the amount that they've spent on Chicharito, mm. it also, it really, it's a gamble. Because it then leaves you with a lot of money tied up with him that you can't then spend on the rest of your roster and, and having any more depth. So when he's out of the side, you've done really well to get that far. Yeah. Um, so that's what I think. I think on the Greg Vanny, they, they go in uh, again, like Atlanta. Do I think they're going to trouble MLS Cup next year? No, they need another two or three extra players in my opinion, but they are going in a better direction. And I think when you look at, like the Houston, when they lost to them last game and they had Zlatan there, you'd, and that was just like, where are they going? If you can't do it with Zlatan, what can they do? With this, at least you're going, well, they, I know they're in the, the playoff positions for all the season and dropped out at the end. But still, I am I would be willing to bet, depending on how they replace Lejet and, and bring in more players, they would finish in playoffs next year. I'd be surprised if you don't. I agree. Uh, LAFC then, um, not t- touching too much on them because we have already spoke about them. LAFC now have gone from being wherever the you know the first season were about fourth or fifth one it then they finished first in the west then they dropped back last year and now they're in ninth is this a big season for them because if they finish ninth or tenth again suddenly they're going the way of LA Galaxy and it's another year of failure if they then go back to finishing second or third they're back on that upward curve do you know what I'm talking about yeah I think you've hit the nail on the head it, it it's the turn it's the same with New England Revolution we've seen them be very average uh, in our early years watching and now it's they need to build on where they're at now. And it's the same for LAFC, but in, in reverse. They need to bounce back very quickly. Yeah, it's going to be a fascinating watch. Um, I want to continue in the West and talk about the Texas teams. But before I do, just heading over to the East, we've spoke about the likes of Chicago and Toronto all season, so I don't want to touch on them too much. I want to ask about um, Columbus then. Um, was that Bob Bradley messaging? It was Bob Bradley, yeah. Um, Columbus then. So they won MLS Cup. They then fell off a cliff. They weren't too far away from making the playoffs in the end. But now we're in the new stadium, the first full season of the new stadium. What is a good season for them next they year? They have to make the playoffs. They have to be back there. And, you know, this this stadium has to be synonymous with, with success early on. Um, Cincinnati are in the same boat as well. It's nice having a new stadium, but w- what are you going to do with it? Um, because it could be half full in a couple of years if you're not impressing on the field um so columbus they've got all the right tools there to to make a success of that and i don't think they need too many too many roster changes i think they just had a relatively poor season by their standards there's so many good teams now and it's always the same there's only seven spots so somebody you know if they're going to make it Atlanta, Orlando, New York, New, uh, either New York, you know, one of them has got to drop out. There's always has to be somebody who has a bad season. And, you know, you said Atlanta are on the up. Um, Orlando are an unknown quantity next season. Columbus, there, there will be a spot for them, I believe. But it, I don't think it's going to take as much as the likes of Cincinnati. Yeah, it's funny in the East, isn't it? Because you look at the teams that made the playoffs and you're looking at New England, big franchise, yeah. Philadelphia, Nashville, big, you know, big, well, both well-supported franchises. Then Orlando, New York City, Atlanta, New York Red Bulls. These are big franchises. One of them is going to miss out yeah. for Columbus to get in. Um, let's go back to the West then. Last kind of on the recap of the season I want to speak about is the teams in Texas. Amazingly, these three have finished bottom of the West. It's been a horrific season uh, in the Lone Star State. But um, 
Which one of those sides, can bearing in mind that Dallas has got a new head coach, Houston will have a new head coach, Austin yeah. is their second full season, so they might be a bit more settled. Which one of them do you see having a, a better season? Which one of them would break into the playoffs? Or what does it need for them to break into the playoffs? It's tough, that. It is really tough. I want to say that Austin will be better if they just keep the squad together because they'll just play together more. It's that simple. Mm. For me, Dallas are a more complete club in terms of what they're building underneath the first 11 in terms of reserves and youth soccer all over uh, all over Dallas and in Texas. I think they've got a really good setup. So for me, if they keep producing the players that they do, that is also as crucial as the management. Um, so they probably have the potential for me. Um, shout out as well to Vancouver, uh, the only Canadian team to make playoffs. They've had a really good season and I know we haven't really touched on them, but we have plenty throughout the season saying, keep going, keep going. And they did, and it didn't work out in the playoffs, but I mean, they, they, you know, they would have, yeah. it would have had to have been an RSL type playoff run <laughs> for them to go far. So well done to them. Um, we didn't mention into Miami. We've discussed into Miami loads over this season. We know that there's a lot of pressure on them and we know that, uh, a lot of their fans won't be happy with what they've seen this season. However, one of the shining lights from Inter Miami this year has been their commentary. And a few uh, weeks oh, ago, yes. a few episodes ago, we brought to light Ray Hudson. Now, if you don't know Ray Hudson, he is uh, a former footballer from this country who uh, went over to America and is now a commentator for Inter Miami on their local network. So we found a few uh, episodes ago... I think it was when Inter Miami beat Cincinnati 5-1. So we had five goals uh, of his commentaries, unique commentary to go off. So if you if you missed that, here is an example of what we had last time. Brilliant balance like a Greek belly dancer on a surfboard. Brilliant balance like a Greek belly dancer on a surfboard. We all subtitles. I'm English and I can barely understand I've had it. to listen a few times. We also had this next one. Bag of tricks, Indiana, and pulls out this greyhound. Then a rabbit, a flipping greyhound. A flipping greyhound. Pulling out a greyhound out of his bag of tricks instead of a rabbit. So what we've done, we've had a look at the season as a whole and we've had a listen to every one of Ray Hudson's commentaries and uh, we've found some of our best moments. So here we go. This is the best 2021 Ray Hudson. Uh, what did we call it? A ray of sunshine. Ray of sunshine. So this is the ray of sunshine 2021 best moments. The first one is I, I don't, Honestly, no, with this one, what it means. But it made me smile. <laughs> Federico tries to find the bullseye, but then he sets his brother up with a beautiful, like a cork and a Chardonnay bottle here. I don't drink wine. Uh, cork and a Chardonnay bottle. Coke. Oh, Coke. Yeah. <laughs> I thought he said a cork. No, I, well, I thought he said Coke. Does, that may make more sense, actually, a cork in a... Yes, that would make more sense. <laughs> I thought he said, like, a Coke in a Chardonnay. I was like, well, it doesn't make any sense. But, you, yeah, see, so we do, we need subtitles. We need each other to help us out. How are Americans listening to this and understanding it? Well, there's one in a bit, but I... I I, I may be doing Americans a bit of injustice here, but I genuinely don't think they'll know what this means. But, uh, okay, a cork in a Chardonnay bottle. That makes more sense rather than a Coke in one, but, but still. Does Chardonnay have a cork or is it screw top? I don't drink wine. I don't know. Uh, second of all, um, now, last time, you may remember, he said uh, that something was as cool as a greyhound's nose. He's adapted that now. He's moved on from a greyhound's nose, and this is what he said later on in the season. 
a polar bear's backside with his dispatch. <laughs> cool as a polar bear's backside, which would be very cold. With his dispatch. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Uh, third one is, I, I don't even know what the, I, I get the reference, but this, I don't know how this has got into his head. I don't know if he'd had it for lunch, but this was the next one. Sloppy as a soup sandwich with his distribution. <laughs> the guy's legend. He's sloppy a as a soup sandwich. That would be pretty sloppy. It would actually. be really sloppy. Uh, fourth, uh, this again, this is, I mean, I don't know where he's got the idea for this, but he makes a good point because he is right about this one. Trying to stop him when he's in full This is trying to nail Jello to the ceiling. And trying to nail Jello to the ceiling, which would be very difficult. I didn't get a word of that one. <laughs> trying to stop him when he's in form like this is trying to nail Jello to the ceiling. Ah, trying to stop him when he's in form like this is like trying to nail Jello to the ceiling. There we go. That's the one. And finally, this is the last one. Um, this is a very unique and very niche British reference that he said on US TV. Our US Canadian, our North American viewers might not understand this reference. I don't know if you have these in the in the, that country. But I got it, and you'll get it as well. Well, this goal is as easy as eating a Twix for Indiana Basilev. As easy as eating a Twix. I don't know if you have a Twix, but what I've done... Oh, I haven't had a Twix in ages. Well, Elliot, this is your lucky day, and because it's Christmas, I stopped at the shop before, and yes. I thought we're going to have to show how easy it is to eat a Twix. So bear with me. I wondered why it was two hours late. <laughs> I've had a Twix. I love a Twix. Here you go, Elliot. Thanks. There's yours. Do, they have, do you have Twix in America and in Canada? I don't think we do, no. But this is an example. We're going to show you now how easy it is to eat a Twix. So you open it up. It's a long stick, chocolate, uh, caramel, and biscuit or cookie, as you say over there. So let's just... Well, this goal is as easy as eating a Twix for Indiana Basilev. Mmm. Mm, it's quite easy. Yeah. Easy, isn't it? A bit chewy with the caramel, but it is quite easy. So I get what he's saying there. Not that you would turn to uh, randomly to like 40 or 50 minutes into a podcast, but imagine if somebody just did that. Oh, let's see what it's like near the end. Hmm. Yeah, it's easy to eat a How twist. long have they been in that bag? A bit warm. Anyone got a polar bear's backside? <laughs> so there we go. That is Ray of Sunshine, the best bits of 2021. Thank you, Ray Hudson. Please continue for as long as you can, especially with MLS. And um, he's, a, he's a character. He's definitely a character. Um, what have we got left to do? Because I just want to eat this. <laughs> uh, well, left to do, we've got Game and Changing Name. And then just to say our goodbyes, really. Okay, well, goodbye. Um, <laughs> here's, uh, here's the game with the Changing Name player one more time. And I'm going to tell you this now. Mm -hmm. They're Welsh. Welsh. Started their career at Cardiff City. They played for West Bromwich Albion. I know who it is. He's a striker. Yeah. Carry on. Norwich City. Yeah. Derby County. Yeah. Nottingham Forest. Back to Cardiff. Maccabi Tel Aviv. Didn't know he played for them. Uh, Toronto, 26 appearances, 8 goals. That's not, not bad then. Chicago Fire, 5 appearances, 3 goals. Very good. And Vancouver Whitecaps, 9 appearances, 2 goals. He's, he's had a quite a... I take that back about his scoring record. That's actually quite a good one. And he finished his career mm -hmm. at... Whitecaps 2. 
I'm man. going out in style. This guy's played in the Premier League and now he's ended up at Whitecaps too. <laughs> uh, 59 appearances for Wales, 16 goals. It is, of course... Robert Earnshaw. Robert Earnshaw is the final game with a changing name player of MLS UK Season 4. Oh, well, well done if you got it right. Um, it took me a while, but I eventually got there in the end. Um, yeah, I guess what's left to say now is uh, thank you to everyone for not only watching <laughs> not only watching us on YouTube, but also listening to us on your podcast provider, getting involved whenever we put anything on social media and your support in general. We really appreciate it. Um, we'll be back next year for more of these shenanigans. We'll be eating more chocolate on the show. Hopefully have more... Ray more, Hudson. Yeah, more Ray Hudson and more interviews as well. Uh, so thank you very much from me. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Uh, thank you to everybody. Thank you to uh, Soccer 90 as well, our partners uh, who make it all possible. Thank you for your support. And we will be back for season five in 2022. All that's left to say, I'll say it before you finish your chocolate, is have a Merry Christmas, everyone. Uh, have a wonderful time with your friends and family. I know we're still in difficult times, but uh, it's a time to enjoy and, and be thankful for what you've got. Elliot, if you look behind you, I have placed some Santa hats there. We're going to go out on a Christmas high. Put your chocolate down. You can have it after we've finished. And uh, put on a Santa hat and we'll celebrate Christmas together. There we go. Go on, let's see what you look like. <laughs> Merry Christmas. From Rudolph, from Rudolph and Father Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> see ya. Sports Social Podcast Network.